Welcome to the Transforming Lives Podcast, where we celebrate how God is at work in the hearts and minds of individuals and families whose lives have been transformed by excellent Christ-centered education. I am your host, Dr. Andy Goodwin, and it is my honor to share these inspiring stories for your encouragement and for the advancement of the kingdom. Hi, everybody, and welcome back to the Transforming Live podcast. I am with Bess Malik, mother to Clara, class of 2022, Ben, class of 2024, Zach, class of 2026, and Theo at the Oaks. Bess, welcome to the show. Oh, thank you. Yeah. It's great to be here. This show always starts with the same two questions. And then we end with the same question. In the middle, we get to tell our story about what God is doing through Christian education and what's happening in our lives. So let me start off with the first one. What is true and good and beautiful in your life right now? That is a, a really good question to begin with. It was true and beautiful to see a picture of you with my daughter at Wheaton College, mm. and I know you've been going to visit with alumni, and Clara really appreciated getting to talk to you about her experience at Covenant and speak into things that she appreciated, things she wished could have been different, and so I really value how you um, pursue alumni to learn how to better serve your students. I am enjoying a season of recovery and uh, 2023 has been a year where I've watched the death of um, my husband and father of my children and also the death of a friend and so I've been learning to have resurrection eyes to see the way that we can rediscover life through our experiences Mm. of facing the reality of death and having more time now that I'm not uh, a caregiver for a chronic illness I'm having more time for kind of healing and trying new things and that has been hard and good and beautiful Mm. thank you for being open about that as nothing kind of easy. Heavy <laughs> way to begin. But I know that most of the listeners are probably dealing with heavy things themselves. Yes, absolutely. And that's one of the things we're trying to do with this podcast is to invite people into a conversation of shared experiences. And I'm so glad that you would be willing to share that. Thank you. You're welcome. What is one passage of scripture that you've been dwelling on lately? Theodore, who's at the Oaks Academy this last week, he had to memorize Psalm 37. And that has been a psalm that has been a prayer of mine over the years. There's so much instruction there. It tells us to take delight in the Lord and do not fret and be still. And those are things that are commendations that I can apply every day and that are very helpful and practical and rich. And another scripture that actually I just 
was told about, I had never looked at this passage in Romans, Romans 16, and I got to hear a woman speak on that last week, and it is when Paul is addressing all these people in the church, and many of them are women, and how he intimately knows their work and speaks and praises them, asks people to welcome them and to acknowledge the work that they're doing. It was just very affectionate, and it made me appreciate Paul's heart in a new way. Beautiful. Thank you. You have been committed to Christian school, Christ-centered education for your kids for a long time. Mm -hmm. And I'm curious, what helped you make the decision that's the route that you wanted to go? And I I just want to allow that to simmer for Mm -hmm. a little bit, and Mm -hmm. then I want to get to some other questions related. There's so many ways to do education. And obviously in the early years of raising children, that's something you talk about a lot. And you meet with other parents and try to find the best way for your own children and your family. We had done some homeschooling early on, but then loved the model of the Oaks Academy and their mission within the city. And so enjoyed helping them launch a school. And then when my oldest got to eighth grade, which was in 2018, we had to think about high school. And the Oaks Academy doesn't have a clear one school where most of the kids attend. And so I really had no idea what we would do for high school. And at that time, I was four years into my husband's brain injury. And so I was working. I was basically a single mother with a lot of additional responsibilities. And I really couldn't even give Clara any kind of the time that I would have given her previously in more stable times as to thinking about her future education. But God was faithful to lead us to covenant. And she felt really strongly, maybe it was a touch point of the Holy Spirit in her life that she felt like covenant would be where she should go. And that was confirmed by other people, some other Oaks families really thought that covenant was a good fit for Oaks kids, that it mirrored a lot of what the Oaks Academy tried to do in terms of education and formation. And so I just let her drive the decision and knew that it would be a good one for my other children as well, which I did not really want to have my kids at separate high schools. (laughs) Although that works for some families, I really wanted them to overlap for their own friendships being built as they grew up. And we found a way to get her here, which was the big challenge. And she really flourished. Mm. Fantastic. So she is now at Wheaton College. Mm Mm-hmm and studying history and music. Yes. Not not light subjects. Right. (laughs) Yeah. It was wonderful to spend time with her up there. Mm -hmm. Wonderful to receive her questions and sit with some of our other alumni as well. 
How do you think your kids think about the idea of Christian education? Does it mm-hmm. come up as a family of, hey, we're doing this because whatever reason, or is it more, this is natural, this, these are our friends, mm-hmm. this is our friend group, yeah. these are our activities? How do you all process that? Yeah, that's a great question. I went to a Christian school myself through eighth grade and then went to a public high school. So I've participated in both in my own upbringing. My kids often complain, and I know that would be part of the course wherever they were. They, as is typical of all of us, do not appreciate the way that they're known often. And I think, thank goodness, they haven't had to deal with um, places where they're the loneliness and maybe the anonymity would be there in a larger setting. So I think that they have flourished, but they're, they're not aware maybe of all the gifts they've been given yet. I think that I see their softness towards the things of God. And that's my biggest hope for them is that being surrounded by Christian things that you would not become Hmm. rebellious or defiant or just bored by things that should bring us delight. And that's not always delivered perfectly in a Christian school or a church or by our own parenting. But I'm thankful that I feel like the schools that we've been at in Covenant, too, has done a really good job of relationally building into my kids, giving them space to deal with even their own grief mm-hmm. and wounds and suffering that has even come from Christians at times. And so that's a really unique setting. And so I would not trade that for the world. And whether they understand yet what they've been given, I don't think they could. But I think that as time goes on, they will recognize that gift more and more. Yeah. So far, we've talked about environment and being known and being loved. And and we haven't necessarily used this terminology, but a process of spiritual formation. Mm-hmm. And we really haven't gotten to the words excellence mm-hmm. and achievement. Yeah. And sometimes we, we make those synonymous where biblically they're mostly not. Right. How do you all have a conversation about achievement and self-worth and doing well. Yeah, that's... I know for each child that looks different as well. I think Clara is a high achiever as the oldest child, so that was innate. I think as I have boys go through school, I think I'm trying to discern what would give them joy in their life and excellence is something that I think they might be motivated differently Hmm. like maybe money (laughs) motivate them to be excellent which is not a bad thing but just kind of economic gain or social gain just I think tapping into what their God-given motivation is for doing well and I'm not entirely sure I'm always even aware myself of 
the holistic view of excellence. I think we want our kids to enjoy the highest things. I think mediocrity is a problem in Christian circles at times because we think that it's good enough if we just put a stamp on it that we're giving it to God or it's a Christian thing. But I think Mm -hmm. excellence really matters if we're going to have a public witness. So I think that we need Christian voices that can articulate their faith and do it with confidence and boldness and independence and that that requires a Christian education to get to that point. Mm-hmm. Okay, good. I am very encouraged by how you are speaking so encouragingly, so positively about the Oaks education, Covenant education, and a bit about Wheaton mm, education yeah. as well. Um, what are some of the challenges of Christian education? I'm sure there are some folks that may be considering Christian education or have a particular view of Christian right. education oh, yeah. that it is a certain way and uh-huh. not necessarily positive. But what are some of the challenges that you've faced through that? Yeah, there's definitely various challenges. Number one, tuition is a valid challenge for families and for ours as well. I was blessed to be able to work part-time and put money towards tuition. And I think that the cost is obviously something people have to decide if, if they can do that, if they can sacrifice in that way. I'm grateful for the voucher program that made it more affordable recently and that Indiana has made other ways of doing education more economically feasible for families. The challenge also, I think for us, we live on the north side of town and the commute is a huge sacrifice Mm -hmm. and it's a harrowing commute at times. Sending my kids to drive 465 every morning is not something I'm crazy about Mm -hmm. and we've considered moving closer but we haven't yet and we're willing to do it but those are definitely downsides and also just being we came into the community not really knowing many families here Mm. and there's a challenge of kind of networking with your kids parents or the friends parents that you don't know and how do you find time to get to know them so that what their values are and what your kids are doing together and so that's a challenge they're not all in the same street or at the bus stop with you yeah so i'm sure there was a time where and there may be right now with your youngest where uh, you're still the taxi getting people where they need to to get yes and i'm wondering if there's some joy in those moments, even with the inconvenience. Of course. Driving is the only way you can trap your kids in the car and talk to them. <laughs> so I miss that with my older kids who are driving. I miss the time in the car, and I do listen to a lot of podcasts in the car. And so there is always ways that you can redeem that time and just listening 
I take three boys to school now and listening to the banter as 12 year old. Are you picking up some lingo? <laughs> yes. <laughs> I'm surprised, especially by watching human nature, how different two boys versus three. Mm. There's a lot of insecurity that sets in with three people versus ah. just two. So <laughs> Do you ever try out some of the lingo that you hear and try to just have that as a natural part of your speech? And how is that yeah. received? Yeah, I put the rap music on and <laughs> pull down the windows. And, and yeah, it's embarrassing for them. So <laughs> <laughs> I don't know that I can pull it off as a okay. 48-year-old woman. but. <laughs> I'm learning. It's really fun to have boys. I love having a daughter, and three boys are just fun. Yeah. So, if I may, I'd love to hear more about being present. You mentioned partnership through the school, Mm -hmm. where during especially challenging times, you needed partnership to give Clara especially mm-hmm. some of the attention that she needed because you were so uh, necessarily drawn to being a caretaker and, mm-hmm. and balancing some really unexpected events. Right. Um, has that changed over the years and especially very recently mm-hmm. with what you've had to walk through and with your kids being involved in lots of different things, different Mm -hmm. events, and now geographically even more challenging with Clara being three hours away. Uh How do you and Colin walk through being present? That's a great question. I think that being present as we're juggling a lot of different things right now is just trying to be where we are to lean into whatever season we are in. I feel like I have more space right now, more time, less emergencies. And so I've been trying out sort of new things for myself, just volunteering or spending more time helping with the kids' teams or doing a podcast my covenant (laughs) or (laughs) giving blood or volunteering just things that I haven't been able to do and trying to discern to be faithful with what God has given me with the relationships with my kids especially recognizing how little time I have left with them I think that both death in its finality and its shock Another friend that died this summer had two young boys, and she was one of my dearest friends from pharmacy school. I think just realizing how precious every moment is and wanting to really steward that and use it for an intentional moment of joy or teaching or helping my kids see whatever God is revealing in that moment is the the task we have and I think I felt a real imperative just I think as there does seem to be a darkness pressing in culturally confusion a lot of confusion and 
just despair, honestly, especially working at a children's hospital, the despair in young people. I think we really need to be there for our kids and helping them see how the Christian story answers and fulfills all the big questions that are being asked. And we need to be there and willing to speak into that, whether it's at the grocery store or our neighborhood or another student at Covenant who's struggling, just that that's something that we all can do. Thank you for your transparency and also your calm. That where, do you, where does your calm come from? Oh, I don't know that I feel calm. I think I have been flattened by life, living through brain injury and getting to discover things about life that nobody would choose, but that God redeems nonetheless. And part of my own story is that my husband and the father of our four children had a virus in 2014 that basically leveled his temporal lobes, leaving him without a a memory, a working memory. And he survived, and then it became a real challenge just to live day to day. So I think just seeing God provide, just having to wrestle with suffering and questions that and realities that seem unreal and just having to trust in the Lord to make the next day work and seeing God provide in really unexpected ways, even as there's also a lot of unexpected other multiple losses, Mm -hmm. has been a journey that I'm thankful for. Mm. Mm. So switching gears just a little bit, Mm -hmm. And maybe it's related to some of the things that we have discussed to this point, but maybe not. And maybe the hardest question that I ask on the podcast, and it is the one that we close with, and it is one book. One book. Doesn't seem fair. One book. One shelf of books. (laughs) That you think everybody should read. Oh, gosh, that's a fun one. Obviously, anything by C.S. Lewis, especially his novels, Screwtape Letters, his allegories. I really love The Great Divorce and Till They Have Faces. So those are three I already went over, but they all by that one author. So, And then another book that is just a little fiction book. It's called... Letters to a Small Town Church by Wynne Collier. Hmm. And he wrote Eugene Peterson's biography. And he wrote this little book. It's basically a pastor writing letters to his, his congregation. And it's really healing and sweet and tender and human. And even though it's fiction, there's something that it, it just has a quality that really is comforting okay amazing those are going to be wonderful additions to what we're hoping is is becoming a digital library that as people listen to the show they can say okay based on that recommendation i'm going to go and be edified by it so really appreciate that best thank you so much for being on the transforming lives podcast thank you for having me The Transforming Lives Podcast. 
is a production of Covenant Christian High School in Indianapolis, Indiana. To discover more about Minds Enlightened, Hearts Inflamed, and Lives Transformed, visit our website at covenantchristian.org.